Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, and welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne. I'm here today with Christina Tucker, who's a licensed professional counselor out of Georgia. Hi, Christina. Hi, it's nice to be here. I'm glad to have you here, and we are going to be talking about a couple of concepts today, which I think fit together nicely, but they feel like they come one from the Christian world and one from the secular world. And so I invited you here to just kind of help me tease out what's the Christian part of this and what is just the pop culture part of this. So our topic today is biblical grace versus self-compassion. So let's start just giving our audience kind of a definition of both of those things. And I'm guessing that a lot of Christian listeners already have an idea about grace, but we're going to share about that. But would you share just your definition of what self-compassion is? Sure. So for self-compassion, I often think of being kind to ourselves. That's kind of where my brain first goes is, am I being kind, um, maybe gentle, understanding, kind of extending myself grace? I'll use that word when I think about self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, or so that would be self-compassion versus if I'm judgmental or critical or something like that, I'm not being self-compassionate. Great. And this is actually a field that has developed over the last decade or so, I would think, that where people are talking about self-compassion. Like, like where did you learn about it? Yeah. So I think I first got exposed to self-compassion probably, I mean, going on 10 years ago now in grad school, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of hearing about this idea of self-compassion. One of my friends uh, brought up, he's like, you say should a lot. And it was a, it was a friend, Mm -hmm. a grad school friend, um, also studying for his master's in counseling. And that was sort of the first eye-opening thing for me of realizing like how much I told myself I should do X, Y, Z, or I should have done a better job or whatever it was. And he he just gently pointing out to me, like, you're you're heaping a lot of stuff on yourself there when you you say should so often about about yourself. So was that something that you had to go, okay, I need to explore this and find some resources? Or was it part of like your coursework to learn about self-compassion? It came up. Yes, it did come up. It wasn't necessarily an explicit part of coursework, but it was a topic that often came up within our classes. Um, I went to a program that was a, um, it was a prepared me to be licensed in the state of Georgia. So a counseling program, um, but then also had some like Christian 20 hours of Christian integration within our program. And so we, we often like delved in these waters and these types of topics came up. Um, So it wasn't an explicit, like, we're going to read this book on self-compassion, but it was something that we talked about as a tool, both for ourselves as clinicians, but then also for our clients. Yeah. And so for those who are interested in learning more, there is literally a book on self-compassion. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> sure, sure. So there's a few. I mean, one of the kind of the forerunners and the the first go-to is I think you're referencing that Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. She's yes. kind of one of the, yes, okay, forerunners of 
self-compassion research. Um, so that's a great, great go-to um, to kind of learn the basics of self-compassion, the science behind self-compassion, a lot of the research. Um, she has like the self-compassion lab, has a questionnaire you can do, um, some really great resources. But then if you're looking for an explicitly Christian resource, Andy Colbert, um, all of her, her book, Try Softer, is a wonderful resource kind of within um, kind of using the Bible and scripture and our relationship with God as a way of, of being more self-compassionate of trying softer versus harder that mindset. Right. Yes. I love that book. Um, I love her work. So, well, I'll make sure that I link those two resources in the show notes too, so that people can get their hands on some things if this is an interesting conversation to them. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more um, in the coming minutes about what self-compassion looks like in your day-to-day -day life and how to do it. And Christine is going to help us with some of those tips. But I also wanted to like compare that to this biblical concept of grace, because I think some Christians get stuck here. If you're a Bible-believing Christian and you want to be faithful to the scripture and to your faith, then you're really looking at not um, adopting a lot of like pop culture, pop psychology ideas, but you want to find it in the scripture. And so let's take a few minutes just to look at what does grace look like in the scripture? So probably if you're like a lot of people, you'll think that grace is a concept that comes up in the New Testament. And it wasn't really something that was talked a lot in the Old Testament. And if you were to do like a biblical word search, like I use the YouVersion app, or if you use any of the web-based Bible search engines, you would find that the word grace actually does appear a lot more in the New Testament than it does in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we, we see a lot more of God's mercy. And we see um, gracious describing God as one of his personal characteristics. So as I was doing a little digging on this topic, I saw that gracious, when we describe God as gracious, it's not the same as some of those, <laughs> those longstanding characteristics of God, like his omnipotence or his omnipresence. Like he's all powerful. He's everywhere all the time. But those are things that are always true of God. His grace is always true of God, but that characteristic of him is only activated in relationship. And so it is only because he has a relationship with us that he needs to be gracious. Because if we can go back to definition, I remember this from youth group um, in probably, well, in the 90s, there was a Newsboys song. I don't know if you remember this. Um, and they would describe it as when you get what you don't deserve, that is grace. And when you don't get what you do deserve, that is mercy. Mm -hmm. And there's, a, <laughs> I'm going to link that to the Newsboys song. <laughs> they say it's a real good thing. Um, and so I, when we see the mercy of God in the Old Testament, that kind of shows us God's character. But when we come into the New Testament, the New Testament writers are really explicit about talking about God's grace. And so, like Christina, you know the Bible. What are some of the verses that pop into your mind when you're thinking about God's grace? Yeah, well, one uh, gracious comes to mind, like you said, of like so many of the Psalms talking about him being compassionate and gracious. 
flow to anger abounding in Thanksgiving abounding in love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of things like that. Um, I think of you're saved, saved by faith through grace. Yep. I think of yep. that. Yes. I, that yep, yep. I always have to like twist my tongue on that one. Um, that come to mind. I also, uh, about like when I think of how God is, and it's, this is not a verse that explicitly says grace, but I think of that Matthew, um, 11, 28 through 30, where it's talking about like, are you weary? Um, mm-hmm. come to me that I am gentle and lowly. Like I think about God's character and his graciousness, um, is so embodied in those verses. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and so that, that ties to together with grace for me, even though grace isn't actually in that, that verse. Yeah. It's like, when you ask that question though, that's one of the ones that pops to my mind because it just so represents his heart. Yeah. And that, that is characteristic of the old Testament too, where it's not specifically using the word grace to describe what's going on, but we see the picture of grace and God's character, how he deals with people. So as I was researching this, I'm um, looking at examples like David, committing adultery, committing murder, and then God's grace extending to him to continue to empower him to lead the nation of Israel, even though he was a sinner. Or take, for example, Jonah, who literally said, I'm going to go the opposite way of what you want me to do. And it was God's grace that allowed him to still be part of the work that God had planned for him. Or another example was Rahab, the prostitute, that she was not even a part of the community of Israel, and yet she she demonstrated faith in God, and because of his grace, he accepted her into the community and saved her family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we see God as a gracious God throughout all these stories that we're familiar with. That's that, true, yes. That verse that you were mentioning, it's in Ephesians 2. It says, um, God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. And a little further, it says, um, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. And so that's uh that's Ephesians 2, 2, 4 through 8 in the NLT. And this verse is also imprinted on my mind because of Christian music in the 90s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there was a MXPX song about this, which both solidified my love for punk rock and for the gospel of grace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um this is this is a part of our Christian belief that God has kindness and gentleness towards us, even when we mess up, even when we're sinners. We also have the theological concept of of common grace, which means all the good things that God has put on earth for everybody, even if they don't believe in him. So we talk about sometimes on this podcast, we talk about medicine as a common grace or counseling as a common grace, that you don't have to actually believe in God to have benefit from those things. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's our theological background of grace. And now, Christina, help me explore this concept. This is a saying that you'll hear, whether a person's Christian or not, oh, you need to give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think it means, <laughs> give yourself some grace in our culture right now? 
Yeah, it is. I think something, right. It's something that's thrown around quite a bit that give yourself some grace. Um, so often when I hear that and maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think too, or take a step back as far as I've been immersed in counseling world, right. For 10 right. years now. <laughs> and so like, when I probably hear that and say that, um, I do think like, why are you being so hard on yourself? Or could you be a little kinder? Um, that is so often, uh, I don't know. That's where my brain goes at least. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting because I am kind of part of this Christian subculture and I can live in a bubble, you know? And so I wondered, is this something that people say if they're not like church people? And I didn't really know. So I just typed it into Google and I said, give yourself some grace. And what popped up was a lot of self-help blogs that are not like they might promote mindfulness or self-love or things like that, but they're not Christian blogs at all. And so this is a phrase that has definitely come up in our popular culture that means that thing that we're talking about, like be kind mm. to yourself, be gentle with yourself. Um, now, I think what trips Christians up is when that can go to the extreme where um, like right. if you're a Parks and Rec fan and you remember you got to treat yourself, you know? Yes, right. Like treating yourself above others to an extreme um, point where it's it's not considering the needs of others or it's not considering generosity or grace towards others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you run I'm reminded? That? Yes, no, for sure. And I'm just, I'm reminded as you say that kind of the verses of it's that love your neighbor as yourself. Like there's a, there's a, that goes both ways. Right. Um, but yes, that I, I think sometimes within especially Christian circles, there's this idea, well, if I just go easier on myself or give myself some grace, like what I'm, I'm being, maybe I'm being selfish or too self-centered or all about me or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like as if there's this idea among Christians, like, shouldn't it be painful or shouldn't mm, I be right. sacrificing all the time? Mm. And I think there's this line between like, yeah, there is a lot of pain and suffering involved in a Christian life. Like Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble and take heart. I've overcome the world. But then he also said what you just mentioned, like, I'm gentle and lowly, take my yoke upon you, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that Christians sometimes will get to this point where we try to punish ourselves almost. I don't know if it's because we think we're sinful or because we think the Christian life is supposed to be hard. Like we're always battling between this, but I thought it would be easier once I had Jesus in my life. And, and then on the other side, especially for people who have been in the church a long time, I, it's supposed to be painful. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. take up your cross yeah. you know? right right uh, yeah so th this kind of came up because I had a client that was dealing with some of these issues so I'm going to ask you as a fellow therapist if you had a client in your office that said I'm I'm supposed to be self-sacrificing I'm supposed to be criticizing myself for all of these um negative thoughts that mm -hmm. I've had or these not not serving enough or not being Christian enough or not listening to enough sermons or not praying enough, you know, mm -hmm. um, how would you respond to that client? Sure. I mean, I have a few thoughts. The first one is to really kind of dive into their God image of who they think and, and really how they make sense of God. Um, do they understand God's kind of gentle and lowly characteristics? Do they 
um, kind of what verses, because right, we see some, we, I can certainly understand why somebody would, would kind of deduce or believe those things based on some scriptures. And so my, my thought would be to, to understand where they're coming from and then to maybe take a fuller view of, okay, where, how can we come to know God more fully perhaps? And and in that knowing God's God more fully, how does that then translate into how they can know themselves more fully? Yeah. Um, that if we just have that that shame based or that I am bad kind of view of ourselves, um, we're we're missing so much. I mean, we're missing the heart of the gospel, right? We're missing um, so much of God's actual like how He loves us. Um, he He calls us the beloved. He He does love us, and so um, if basically I think one of my, my go, so I'd start there, but then I'd also try to, to, to try to see like, the thought would be basic, a little bit of what you just did for me, right. Of what would you do if somebody came to you with this? Hmm. Um, I would kind of turn that on them a little bit too, of like, okay, if a friend was saying this to you, if a friend was saying this about themselves, uh, what would you think? Um, that that can be a really good way to sort of pick apart our own self-judgment and self-criticism because so often we would say those things about ourselves, or to to hold that expectation or to hold that, um, you know, negativity towards our own, um, maybe identity or worth or something that it, it all starts somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but we would never do that with a friend. And so that would be another kind of approach or thought that I'd have, have along with that. But that's, There's a lot there. I look at that like that's a tangled little ball of stuff that we got to untangle because there's probably a lot that that is feeding kind of some of that. Yeah, there's some negative core beliefs and some core wounds that are being activated with those kinds of thoughts. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it just made me think as you're talking, like sometimes Christians get the reputation of being judgmental, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that party part of the problem is that we're super judgmental with ourselves <laughs> i think that's yes right and when we're judgmental with ourselves we can't we don't we're not loving ourselves well and it, it then impacts us how impacts then how we're loving others mm-hmm. um that when right we make those comments about ourselves, or maybe you make the offhand comment about yourself to somebody else or i don't know or even just within your yourself you're saying those things it then does translate to how you look at other people. Um, I can, I can guarantee you through my, I don't know, 10, 12 years at this point on this sort of joint sort of journey of increasing kind of my self-compassion, uh, that I have learned to love others so much better, um, because I am more loving towards myself. Like those, it goes hand in hand. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, You know, my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses. 
and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. So as you've been learning to be compassionate with yourself or to give yourself grace, have you ever gotten stuck in, in like a place where you're like, oh, that was too much grace. I got to rein it in. <laughs> I think that's what people are afraid of. And we are. I so know that. Yeah. It's like, oh, if I'm too, too nice to myself, like I'm never going to get anything done. Like there's this, yes, this, that false belief um, for sure. But I will honestly and genuinely say no, that has never happened. Oh, that's good. That, yes. That in fact, I find that, well, number one, I, I, I guess I just feel like I'm operating more in my actual personhood and identity and who God's created me to be when I am being kind on myself. Like there's a, there's a freedom. Um, and I, and I think it brings up an important kind of what we're talking about brings up something important is that when, when we have grace with ourselves or self-compassion with ourselves, there is like, when we accept whatever it is, like whether it's, you're suffering or whatever acceptance doesn't mean it's okay mm-hmm. acceptance means okay this is the way that it is mm-hmm. um and it could be like this is a moment of suffering or this was a really hard day or that was really not my best effort mm-hmm. um acceptance doesn't mean it's all okay acceptance just means i'm accepting this reality mm-hmm. for what it is yeah. Um, and then can come if it's a case for repentance, if it's a case for whatever, like then you take the next step. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an important thing too. When we think about grace or self-compassion, we can't really give ourselves too much because we're not just saying, well, it's all fine. Um, yeah. 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 You have to use that point of like self-awareness or that acceptance to say, okay, well, where am I at? And mm-hmm. does that align with my goals spiritually, emotionally, relationally, professionally, <laughs> whatever that might be. Sure. Um, does that align with where I'm going? And if it doesn't, then that is a moment for grace to say, mm-hmm. okay, I know that God still loves and accepts me even when I didn't hit the mark. And I'm going to use that as motivation to keep going and to, you know, Mm-hmm. do better. I mean, yes. not that we're always yes. having to like be better, be better, but like if there's an area where you're feeling like the Holy Spirit is leading you into a different behavior or thought process, then mm-hmm. that moment of self-awareness is like you're going to be more motivated by mm-hmm. God's grace than you are going to be by shame that comes on you for not So true. Up. Yeah. So true. You're, you're reminding me of this idea of like heart change versus behavior change yes. of true, like transformation and, and true being changed from the inside out versus this just behavior modification change. We know behavior modification, behavior change, like maybe externally it looks fine, but it doesn't last. Um, and there's this, this often emptiness or anxiety or depression or something underneath. Um, that's not being addressed uh, when we're just addressing behavior. Yeah. But yeah, what we're talking about here is is heart change and and true transformation, which we know is the work of Jesus, is the work of the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and grace is a great motivator. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So what I what I'm thinking of specifically, and I feel like this is probably going to be on listeners' minds because this episode's going to come out in the middle of December, and mm-hmm. so people are going to be thinking about this. But there's uh, a food issue around this month, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and some of us 
are going to be concerned about what we're eating. Now, both of both you and I are fitness professionals. Uh, you you lead <laughs> yoga. I lead with Revelation Wellness, and so we are concerned of, uh, about people's healthy body choices, as mm-hmm. well as their counseling, their emotional, their spiritual life as well. So. One area, and I'm just going to share from personal experience, but one area where I get tripped up on grace is around eating, Mm. you know, like I don't want to have a restrictive mindset towards what I put in my mouth. And so I'm going to air quotes, give myself grace because I want to enjoy holiday treats or something like that. And Mm -hmm. there's a, an, a place where I can get tripped up saying, was that too much grace? because I allowed myself to overindulge. And I know that God is not condemning me for what I put in my mouth, but was that a good choice for my body? You know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it can get really sticky around this. Like there are certain areas, food is the one for me. Other people have different areas that might be in your spending or in what you're looking at on your screens or like there, there can be an area that, you know, is kind of a sin area that grace is there to cover you, but you still have to make wise decisions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I really think too, as you're saying that so much of that comes to our connection with our body as well. So mm-hmm. how you're thinking about your body, what your relationship is with your body. Um, have you built um, kind of this understanding of, and kind of thinking about scripture, talking about our body as a temple, right? Like what, how is it that you, you connect with your body? Can you trust your body? Um, we also know, uh, right. The flesh is, is weak. And so I, th- this is a whole, I don't know, a whole thing, right? Like when we, when we start to open this, uh, can of worms maybe, um, yeah. but yeah, it's loaded and there is so much. And so, right. With, with grace here in this conversation, I often think too, like, okay, with my decisions, whether it's decisions of eating or exercise or just body movement or whatever it might be, um, really coming back to language for myself too, is, is once again, is should entering the picture. Um, if should's entering the picture, it's a really good likelihood that grace, self-compassion, and Jesus, God is, is not in the story of I'm saying should. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Like right now, like we had Halloween and then we're recording this in the middle of November. It's not going to come uh-huh. out for another month, but we're right in this period in between Halloween and Thanksgiving. So the candy holiday and the pie holiday. Right? Yep. Yep. The candy is overflowing on the dining room table still. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. And we both are moms. Fringe. Right. <laughs> so we had kids come in, bring, and we took our selection of what the best candy of what they <laughs> had to offer. You know? um, the reasons and, are hidden away. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I got about two weeks past Halloween and I just had this sense like sugar now has this point, this, this place in my life that I don't feel free. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do a fast and not because I'm trying to like drop weight or anything like that, but because I need to not have this be the, the end all be all of my life right now. <laughs> right. Right. And so that I go to when you don't even, I know for me, just speaking for me, it says, I don't even, uh, necessarily know 100% what I'm doing, but it's this just hand to mouth kind of movement, um, especially with sugar when when your yeah. body and your chemicals start to crave it. Yeah. yeah, it's not mindful. 
Right, <laughs> so, right. Not mindful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I just shared with my family, you know, I'm just going to give myself a break. I'm going to do 10 days. I'm not going to eat treats or desserts. And I'm not going to go like all crazy, like checking my tomato sauce to see how many grams of sugar it has in or not eating my peanut butter or whatever. Like, but I'm not going to eat candy and desserts and cookies and all of those things just until we have our Thanksgiving celebration. And I have to tell you, like, I need God's grace in order to pull that off, you Mm, know? Yeah. And I also need to use the grace that God gives me in order to give grace to myself when I'm having a craving because I had trained my body to want sugar all the time or when I'm feeling frustrated and grumpy because I'm not getting sugar or (laughs) when I want to do a social thing that involves sugar and I'm, I'm having to create an alternative to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that is, an experience right now where I'm not doing a punishing, I'm not doing a diet, I'm not doing a restriction. I'm not really calling it a fast, although I think I described it that way a couple minutes ago, but I'm just calling it a break because sometimes that is the kind thing to do for your body. And then that allows your brain to kind of reset. And I have to say, like, I feel better about myself even though like Mm -hmm. nothing's changing, my pants aren't getting looser or anything like that, but I feel better not having that thing have its grip on me. Exactly. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I think so much of that's in your language too, right? Like back to like heart change versus behavior change, right? Like the heart change there, the, the sort of deeper thing there is I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going to give my body a break. I see, I feel this thing having a hold on me. Um, Mm -hmm. So versus oh, I shouldn't be eating all this sugar and look what I'm doing to myself and I'm gaining weight and my pants aren't fitting, whatever. Like that's not grace. That's that's shame, that's judgment, that's all of those other things to where, right, as you're approaching it, like you really are using grace Mm -hmm. um, to create this this internal change that's then driving your behavior versus, and they kind of write that behavior and the heart change go hand in hand. Um, Versus this just restrictive, I'm not going to do it. That's just behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know then it's just the, the shame and the self-content and the judgment just keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to offer that really like. I love that. Practical. It's personal. It's what I'm going through right now. And so that's one way that I'm learning to have a gracious approach to myself in this season. But Christina, so would you, would you. <laughs> go with us through some some tips or some ways that we can practice self-compassion yeah practical practical ways of yes especially thinking like december and holiday season yes um one of what comes to mind for me is that this time of year is is so often so busy um that it is going 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 right like you said there's food everywhere there's people everywhere there's um opportunities for for socializing for all these things all the time it feels like um for me I tend to be pretty introverted I also have three kids one's a baby at this point and so um I am and I work and I just I'm in the season of life where I feel pretty overwhelmed with just about everything if I'm really honest and so (laughs) yes most of the time and so when I'm thinking about myself with with, and this concept of grace and giving myself grace self-compassion um I really think 
uh, a practical way for me this season looks like pausing and noticing what is it that I need today or this week? Um, and maybe some mornings that I need to sleep and maybe some mornings that uh, I want to get up 30 minutes before the kids and have a cup of coffee and just look at my Christmas tree and breathe and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I think for me, that's a big part of, of grace. Um, and I think it's then not judging myself if I need to say no to a gathering or no to something if I'm kind of not taking responsibility necessarily for other people's feelings, but to say like, I'm, I'm really, I am sorry. I would love to get together. And also I'm tired and it's a lot on our family and on me to be able to make that an obligation um, this year. Yeah. And so even just some of that language for myself is, is kind of a practical way that I'll be practicing grace and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So knowing a little bit about podcast statistics, a lot of people are not going to actually hear this episode in the month that it releases. They're going to sure. be looking at it in January. So let's just talk about some, like in general, how do people cool. practice self-compassion? Yep. So in general, my first and favorite go-to is what would you say to a friend? Yes. Um, if you're talking to yourself, uh, way, um, it typically it's not how you're going to talk to a friend. Um, and so Yes, asking that question of what would I say to a friend um, is typically going to get you closer to a more compassionate um, answer. Um, Recognizing common humanity is another piece of it. So saying like this piece of of suffering, this circumstance, this whatever I'm experiencing, um, kind of recognizing common humanity that in this world we both have trouble. So instead of judging myself for maybe not being enough or circumstances being hard or something like that saying nope this is a common experience that that's a really practical way of of um sorry practicing grace um yeah yeah or practicing self-compassion another way of um, practicing self-compassion that feels really practical for me too uh would be um if i fail at something or don't do something the way that i would really like to or um, make a mistake of some sort like instead of judging myself, being harsh on myself, speaking kind of the, that inner critic speaking so loud, it's noticing how I'm talking to myself and seeing if I can change some of that language saying, this is really difficult right now, or I did my best, um, or maybe I didn't do my best, but I can do better next time. Uh, it's really noticing kind of what that inner dialogue looks like so that you can modify and change. Um, but it starts with noticing. Yeah. Um, and then you can change. Right. Right. But how can I care for myself in this moment? That's a big one too. Of right. How, how could I show myself some grace, show myself some self-compassion? How could I care for myself a little bit better versus judging, criticizing, blaming, being hard on myself? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It yeah. reminds me, not to make this all about food, but it reminds me of, like you mentioned, you have a baby. And yes. so I know you're well acquainted with this kind of debate that we have all over the place about, should we breastfeed? Should we bottle mm. feed? Should we do exclusive one or the other? Should we do a combination? What's best for a baby? Sure. And after all that fighting came out, there was really like this movement of like fed is best, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is your baby getting the nutrients they need? Then that's the best thing, right? Right, right. There, there has been a couple of times recently where I have had to say, oh, 
that was not the thing that I had, like, if I had all the time and all the money and all the resources and a personal chef, like I would have probably eaten differently, but it looks like it's going to be a cheese quesadilla in the microwave, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have to go to this, this concept of fed is best. And mm. so I think that that concept can probably apply to whether we're looking at, did I spend enough time reading my Bible? Did I spend enough time exercising? Did I work hard enough this week to meet my career goals? Did did I spend enough time with my children? Like whatever the thing is that you're like not, not sure if you're measuring up to, like I'm just going to go with the the gracious, self-compassionate statement is fed is best. <laughs> yes, yes, right, right. Back to that, am I being kind to myself? Um, yes. How could I comfort and care for myself in this moment? Like that's what you're speaking to right there mm -hmm. of, yes, um, fed is best or yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. Um, and sometimes that's not an honest assessment, but if it's not, then that's where you can sort of adjust. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes it is the reality of, okay, right. Yeah. I, I did the best that I could given the circumstances this week. <laughs> it comes to like that self-awareness piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you had mentioned that um, Kristen Neff wrote the book on self-compassion and then Andy Colbert really did a great job of integrating some of the ideas from self-compassion along with uh, understanding trauma and, uh, and then putting a Christian gospel lens on that. And so I'm going to, a reference those two books in the show notes if anybody wants to click on those links. I'm also going to let them know how they can get a hold of you. So would you like to share that with us, your Instagram, your website, anything like that? Sure. Yes. Instagram is one of the, I don't know, maybe most fun ways at the moment to get in touch with me. Um, it's just Christina Tucker, HRC. So HR Healing Roots Counseling is my business name. And so um, HRC is at the end of that. Um, so you can find me there. I share sometimes some resources. I'll just pop into stories and, you know, share things that others have shared. Um, so that's a fun way. I also am a yoga instructor. And so I've got some yoga things often on there, some different series I'm running, that sort of thing. Um, and then my website, of course, is a good hub for, for all things too. And that's just healingrootscounseling.org. Okay. Healingrootscounseling.org. If you're in Georgia and you need a therapist, yes. <laughs> that, would, that would be an option for you. But you if you're not in there. Georgia, there's also mm -hmm. some other free resources that are available there. So yeah. Um, again, check all those out in the show notes. Now, Christina, I always ask my guests before I let you go, what are you doing for soul care? For soul care? Um, like I said, three kids, one's a baby. Um, life right now, that's a hard, hard thing in this season. Um, mm -hmm. I mentioned, uh, I, I love Christmas season. And so one of my favorites this time of year, we put our tree up early, which I never, ever, ever do, but put our tree up a little early. And um, for me, it looks like getting up before my kids and drinking a cup of coffee and sitting at my tree and breathing. Um, sometimes very often saying like a breath prayer or just a, I am here, you are here thinking Holy Spirit's here. Um, that, that for me is my, my soul care right now. Um, because it can take, even if I have 30 seconds, I can do that. Um, I love it if I can get in, you know, a chunk of time, but um, some mornings that doesn't happen. Sometimes it is five minutes, uh, but sacrificing a little sleep and doing that right now um, has been really nourishing soul-wise for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
That's great to hear. Well, I hope that this episode was helpful. It was fun to talk to you, Christina, and to kind of like pick your brain about some of these ideas, because I know like we both love Jesus. We love our families. We want to be able to experience God's grace in a really practical way. And sometimes that is incorporating some of these popular psychology ideas. And so thanks for helping us fish that out. What What's biblical and what's what's just part of our culture right now. So thanks for yes, being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been fun to, to dive in. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.